0: episode 10 of laofcs weekly is here we have cherry picks miranda bailey in studio to talk with us and it's hate you give versus a star is born at the box office stay tuned welcome to popcorn talk featuring movie discussion news and interviews popcorn talk we talk movies Welcome to episode 10 of LAOFCS Weekly. I am Scott Menzel. We are very excited we made it to episode 10, the big 1 0 here. (laughs) And to celebrate, we have a very special guest, a talented lady, if I do say so myself. Not only is she a director, a producer, a writer. But she is also the CEO of Cherry Picks, which we'll be releasing at the end of this month. Miranda Bailey is in the house.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: And we will be doing a quick rundown of the show. As always, we're going to start off with the movie pick of the week. And then we're going to switch over to our interview with Miranda. And then we're going to finish it up by doing the Indie Spotlight as well as our Retro Rewind. So uh, we're gonna jump right into the movie pick of the week. Um, this was a very interesting week for me because the movie, the movie choice that we voted on in our Facebook group was—I thought it was going to be a little bit tighter than it was. Um, you know, Star is Born and The Hate You Give. I, I realized was, we're both going to get a lot of love, um, but Hate You Give really uh, it edged up there and um, is the winner. So congratulations to Hate You Give. Um, this is a film that I saw at the Toronto international film festival, probably my favorite film that I saw at the festival. And, um, I just—I was blown away by this film. Uh, has everyone at the panel seen this movie? Yeah. Okay. So
2: real quick, uh, who is everyone at your panel, Scott? Oh, yes. thank yes. you very much. I—I was. I was yeah,
0: no, you should have. You should have because I'm like so used to doing this flow. All right. Before we get into this movie, because I suck, uh, we are going to do introductions. So we're going to go around the table, uh, starting with Stacy, and uh, introduce yourself. Where can they find you, and all that good stuff. All
3: right. I am Stacy Lane Wilson and I'm with At Home in Hollywood. And that's about it. And you're on Twitter? <laughs> you can you're find time. me anywhere, just about, you know, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram.
4: Nice. Uh, my name is Morgan Rojas and I am the founder and CEO of Cinemacy. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Cinemacy.
2: And I'm Kit Bowen. I am an editor of Screen Picks, editor and film critic for Screen Picks, um, small site that I run. And you can find me at The Movie Kit.
0: Very good, very good. Sorry for that. I didn't do the introductions. Sorry, <laughs> I was so excited that Miranda was here that I gave her a greater introduction, and I forgot everybody else. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> not <Don't morbid>. tr- <laughs> um, Okay, going real back, real quick back to the Hate You Give. Since everyone has seen it, um, just kind of if we can go around the table and just share your quick opinion on it.
3: Mm. Um, Yeah, well, it's a very topical uh, movie based on a young adult novel that won several awards, and it is about a young lady who sort of has to straddle two different worlds in her black neighborhood and her privileged white school. And um, I don't usually, you know, watch young adult or kids movies that often, but this one really gripped me, and I thought it was really well acted and beautifully directed and You know, as I said, very topical and interesting and it shows a lot of different points of view which I thought
4: was an excellent way to present the story.
0: Morgan, how about you?
4: It was hard to watch. It was about two hours long and every scene just felt like it built on this emotional turmoil and yeah, sitting there in the theater at the end I left and just felt like oh gosh, I just went through something as a viewer that I can only imagine in real life that the people that go through this every single day it the film did a really good job of portraying what someone in star's position has to deal with daily, and yeah, fantastically acted I think amanda is a is a great uh protagonist, she cries in almost every single scene, and I can just imagine being an actor and having to go through that just yeah, how tough that must be
2: yeah i mean it it touches upon of course you know like we said very relevant uh Issue in our in our country, which is you know, uh, police. You know, well, I wouldn't say brutality, but just the the police and the African American community and the in the conflicts that happened there. um I was so impressed with this. I think, can you bring up the cast list Cause sure. I remember the um the actor who plays the father. Uh, uh, Russell
0: Hornsby. Yes. Oh, amazing. amazing.
2: And there's this scene where he is. It's up towards the beginning of the movie where he's explaining to his children how to behave when they're pulled over by a cop. Or how to behave when they are in a situation where they have to, you know, deal with an authority figure. And it, it just blew me away. I mean, it's like, it's, it's you know, uh, it's something that I, I, you know, would have no experience having, you know, and, or no, no not knowing that kind of a pressure that you'd be under just, just by the color of your skin. It was pretty powerful, and I saw it with my 19 year old daughter, and she walked out of that saying, "I'm going to make a difference." She goes, "This made me want to make a difference. I'm going to make films. She wants to make films. I want to make films that make a difference." Because she said, "This is just, you know, too strong of a story, and too, you know, just just the whole idea of 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 being being empowered by something." You know, I was I was. Pretty proud of her actually. <laughs> she was she was very moved by this as as well as I. I,
0: I. I love this movie for a lot of reasons, but kind of the point that you mentioned, this this movie, in my opinion, has the power to ignite social change and social movement. Um, things that I, I mention a lot on the other show that I do with Carla Black Tomatoes. A lot of people don't realize this about me but I come from a mixed family. I have I have five uh, adopted brothers um, and four of which are black and growing up I seen a lot of what is shown in this movie front and center this, this, is, this was in a lot of ways I was reliving stuff where I've seen some of my brothers turn to uh, selling drugs because they have no other choice because that's kind of the cards they were dealt living in the neighborhood that we, we grew up in Um, I see them when they go into stores and how people like look at them differently. And to see this movie showcase this this young girl and show her living two different lives of having to, you know, be one way in her black community and then another way in this rich white school. Um,
2: where her mother wants yeah, her to get this because she wants a better
0: education yeah. she doesn't want her to follow in the footsteps of her father and she wants her to have a better life and you, it's very commendable what she's saying uh, and then when you go into the whole uh, yeah. violence in mm. the black community and the drug trade and these neighborhoods it, it's, it's just for a movie that's a, for, for a young adult audience this movie has big things to say And this is something that I think, no matter if you're like eight years old Mm -hmm. or if you're like seven years old, there's messages messages in this movie that you need to take away from it. And it's very powerful. It
3: kind of reminded me of the children's and teenagers movies of the 70s, which were so much uh, more raw and brutal and honest. And I think that it's a good kind of throwback also to that Mm -hmm. era where, you know, it's not... uh, Whitewashed, so to speak, and you know uh, glossed over, yeah
0: and I think it's nice to see you know Anthony Mackey has made his career now, you know being in Marvel movies and stuff like that it's nice to see him so out of character, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he was really great uh, regina hall has has always been great, but I'm so glad she's getting more and more work, um, but I think the two real stars uh, is Amandala, yeah. who you mentioned, and Russell Hornsby. Yeah. Um, both of these, I, I, I can see Oscar nominations for both of them. I just think they're very powerful and um, their uh, they're performances have so many layers to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an easy performance. You know, the scene you pointed out in the beginning um, with the, you know, talking about what, how you should react to if a police pulls you over, there's another scene that happens on the lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are just images that you are burned into your mind and maybe... To, um, you know, people like us at this panel, you know, unfortunately, we don't have any black people on this panel today. You know, maybe to us, these are very shocking, but these are realities, unfortunately, to a lot of black people. And that's that's very hard to accept and understand. And for us to kind of go out and see movies like this and see that image being shown to us over and over again throughout this year, because this year has done that over and over again. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important, and change is is now. We need to to make these changes now. So I really love this movie, and I'm so glad that we we as a collective group voted for it. Um, It opens in limited release this Friday, and then we'll be going to a wider release in uh, the next couple of weeks. So with that being said, uh, we're going to go switch over gears to another woman who has been doing a lot to ignite social change on the <laughs> internet. Yes. Um, well,
1: I'm very excited to see uh, The hit you Give yeah. now, I have to say. You guys have made me, I want to rush over there today and see it. So. Yeah.
0: Good. You, should, you should, should totally check it out. Yeah. Um, there's, they're, they're doing something, I should also point this out real quick, that Fox is doing a um, free screenings to underprivileged neighborhoods. Um, showing the film, oh, uh, which good. I think is very important. Yeah. I know, like studios were doing it for like movies like Black Panther, which again I understand it's important for for the, the culture to be out. But th- there's a different type of movie there versus here. Mm-hmm. This is this is very important for people to see, and I think it should be a required. It viewing sounds in like schools. more
1: like a like an indie film, right? Yeah, is it, or it is. You know, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: definitely yeah. has that feel to it. Yeah, well,
1: that's great. I mean, those. But are, it's a great cast, like we said. He's,
2: he's a is in it yeah. as well, and Common. Um, just a lot of great, great actors, you know, that kind of pop up. And Common's
1: it. all over the place now. Comedies all over. And yeah, he's he's a good looking individual. He's a handsome. <laughs> he's a tall drink of water. Yeah. Oh my
2: gosh. Have you ever met him in person? His eyes are like, wow. Anyway. <laughs> and he's nice. Yes, yeah, very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> Wait, uh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. How you feeling, Scott? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I don't have them. Um. Eye candy, works. little outnumbered here. Yeah, okay. Welcome it's to it's our okay. normal okay. world. Okay. We, okay. we can
2: watch social relev- relevancy and eye candy at the same time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah,
0: I well, mean, we can.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: Double standard. Yeah, that's
0: okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, so Miranda, I you know I wanted to bring you here um, because you speak from the heart. You are a Amazing woman. Uh, you and I met at South by Southwest. We had a nice 30-minute long interview about your film. You can choose your family. Um, we got to, like, obsess over film a little bit there. But I think we we, we both believe in the same things in terms of diversity in cinema and uh, criticism. And uh, I really wanted to bring you on for our first guest. You're our first guest on the show to talk a little bit about your vision and what you're hope to do, um, this month and in the future.
1: Sure. Um, I, and I, obviously like I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a producer and an actress and a director and a writer. And I never really foresaw myself ever getting into the tech industry. Um, but last August, you know, pre Harvey Weinstein and stuff, I, uh, I released a, a, a film that I had produced, um, with Lake Bell. And, I kind of noticed the, di- you know, it was, you know, it's not, it's not it's not, a moonlight type of movie, but it was never meant to be. It was, you know, it was exactly what the director wanted. And my job as a producer is to support that vision. And um, <clears throat> I, I noticed the difference between the way female critics and male critics talked about that film, not just whether or not they liked it, but the way they talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I... I felt that there was a real kind of problem there when I read those reviews, um, and then I also noticed the same thing kind of happened with the zookeeper 's wife, and women you know within the industry uh, and critics really liked it, and men didn 't really like it, and it never really got its day or its platform. And my friends that I would, you know, that were outside the industry for both of those movies that were women that I would say, oh, you should see this. They loved those movies, but they didn't get an opportunity to see them because they didn't perform well in the box office and they didn't perform well in the box office because not enough people went and not enough people went because it had a, you know, low score on Rotten Tomatoes. So then I looked into Rotten Tomatoes a little bit and found out that at that time, which was, you know, a year ago, that in the top critics, it was like a little over 78% of them were men. And I just felt as a woman that the voices that I wanted to hear were kind of aggregated down to zero, you know like mm-hmm. we were just kind of like you know if there's you know one woman, one man, they kind of cancel each other out, and then at the end you're you're left with this you know stack of voices saying, this is what's worth your money, and I think that what's worth My money as a woman isn't necessarily the same thing that's worth other people's money as a woman or a man or a person of color or a Caucasian. I think we all have different voices and different ideas of what we consider media that we want to spend our time and our money on. And I feel like at that time, you know, Rotten Tomatoes wasn't really giving that enough um, attention um, and so I called a, the only person I know <laughs> who who knows about websites and whatnot. her name 's Rebecca Odes, and she 's my best friend 's sister. Uh, and she had started a um, one of the very first websites ever for women called girl.com. And um, her and her husband had been in, you know, you know had sold some, some web stuff and sites, and she had written a bunch of books for women. And I asked her if she wanted to do it with me because if she didn't, I wasn't going to have any idea how to even begin. And she said yes, and we started. Um, and we started, like, right after Toronto last year is when I decided, like, I have to do it because when I was in Toronto – I noticed that there were not very many women at the events that I was at that were critical, critical events. Um, and actually just yesterday or two days ago, I was at a, um, an event for an important, you know, online magazine and there was only one female writer there and she was of color, which is great, but like there was only one. And it, it just really showed me that I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. We at the dot are not going to have our own reviews. We are not saying that we are the uh, a vo- the voice of women. What we're doing is collecting female critical voices, like aggregating, similar to what Rotten Tomatoes is across film, first, then television, then music, video games, eventually VR. You know, we want to be able to if you're a girl or a woman and you want to be able to go in and see what do what do my fellow women think about this video game or this movie. You'll kind of be able to have your own score. Um, and you'll be able to read the reviews of the people that, you know, are a little bit that are, that are, that are women. Um, uh, but we are review, you know, we're pulling from everything, you know, star Wars to the hate you give to, it doesn't really matter. It's just like if you're out there, if you're a female critic, that's been published somewhere, we'll pull the review in and, and put it there. But then we also have our own content. You know, we want to be an online magazine, a place where you can go, uh, where women are writing about, you know, what's in media right now. Mm-hmm. They're talking about, you know, Lady Gaga's new album, or they're talking about, you know, what's so-and-so's most embarrassing moment in their career. You know, fun, fun, shareable stuff that um, that we want to hear about. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I clap for you? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm excited. I mean, it's really awesome. hard. I have to say building a website is like a lot like remodeling a kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it costs way more, and takes way more time than you think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, sure. I think what you're doing is, is just remarkable um, for the sense that this is a long time coming, for lack of better terms. Um, when me, Scott Mance, and uh, Ashley Menzel, and Chris Lee Kennedy came up with this idea for our organization, one of the things... You know, I was the founder of this organization and then I met with everyone and we kind of had a lot of conversations. But one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted it to be about equality. I wanted it to be about all these different voices, whether that's female, yeah, you know, gay, straight, whatever, and people of color. And I wanted to be like an even playing field. I didn't want it to be something where it was always the white guy show and you know, a lot of kickback happened because of that, you know, it was it was something that people were like you're crazy, you're not going to be able to do this, um, you know, and I still get that to to this day. But, you know, I want to use, you know, my I guess my white male privilege to kind of help others, you know, and I think it's very, very important to reach out and hear other voices and hear different sides of the story, because like you, you know, I read a lot of reviews, I read a lot of opinions, and I like hearing different sides. I like people who don't agree with me or see things through a different lens, and it's so important what you're doing and highlighting those voices, and uh, I do applaud you very well, much. Thanks. So
1: Thanks. Let's, let's let's look at it up first before it yeah. launches <laughs> at the end of the month, but you know, like I think at the end of the day, and this is really great that you're doing it or we're all doing it, like we have to kind of just... Follow our dream and and have fun. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I'm not – I I think that what I'm doing is definitely important and what's happening is important. But, you know, also I think it's going to be a really fun site for people to go to and, like, meet – the voices of, of other like-minded women. And, you know, eventually you'll be able to like buy your tickets through for the movies through there. Cause you read Manola Argus's, you know, article that you like, or, you know, you'll be able to um, follow specific critical voices um, like Carla's and, you know, and, and, and kind of be able to have your own basket, shall we say, of critics that you, that you resonate with. Cause there's lots of critics that I don't resonate with. And then there's a lot that I do. And some are women and some are men. And there's some that are color and some that are not. And I want to be able to like, you know, be able to look at all of them. Although cherry picks will not be aggregating male voices because it is specifically for, for female uh, voices to get out there, but men can read it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so I have a question for, for you. I mean, you, you are someone who is, in the industry, mm-hmm. you know, you, like you said, you you've directed, you've you've wrote, you've produced. Um, what sort of kickbacks have you like? Not not kickbacks, but what struggles have you have you found along the way of trying to bring this vision to life?
1: Um, you mean socially? Yeah. struggles as opposed to like financial or, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. T- yeah, technical I, I, I already know how
0: hard it is to do uh, websites and get those funded I yeah. mean
1: listen everything you know like if you're in the movie business period like people have opinions and that's just like I if I, if I was too concerned about what other people thought about what I was doing I would definitely not be making movies um, because that you're opening yourself up so it's like I understand I'm opening myself up for something I mean People um, have said or have looked at it and said, um, you know, like, well, if it's it's just sexist, if it's all women. But, you know, like um, there's like the man right. OK, there's like, you know, I mean, there's so many sites out there for men. You know, I mean, there's products out there for men. There's products out there for women. There's websites out there for women. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> the TV show Girls. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's like. I kind of look at it like this. I kind of look at it like it's, um, it's a matter of, like, what you're looking for. And there's Marie Claire magazine and there's GQ magazine. And if they're next to each other, I'm going to pick up Marie Claire. That's the thing that most resonates with me. I really like it. I want to read about the fashion. I want to read about the movies and the articles that they write. I'm not interested in the GQ because I'm not the demographic. Right. So all I'm doing is making something that doesn't exist right now, which is a media magazine online for women about women. Right. And there's nothing sexist about that. I'm not making a golf club <laughs> that I'm only allowing women into. Well, you know, and it's. <laughs> I, you know, like, and, all, you know. Keep in mind, like, what is what is our history of women? Like, we just got the right to vote. Okay, like we had to, we didn't even, we weren't even allowed to have a credit card without having our husbands co-sign on it or get our own apartment. And people forget that, you know. And for us to be able to say, "Hey, I want to have my own website with our own voices that are women that I can read," I don't think there's anything sexist about that.
2: No. And I think the conversation right now, this is, couldn't come at a, a better time, too, because clearly, you know, like with the Meryl, Meryl Streep and Jessica Chastain and Brie, uh, Brie Larson, you know, they're they're all speaking out about this issue and how and how it's you know been a problem for a while. I mean, granted, there's been some great female critics throughout the years. And why am I oh, yeah. blanking on the one from New York Times? Uh, Paula Kale. Pauline yeah. Kale. Yeah. I mean, she was.
0: Uh, I remember Carrie Rickey from Philly.
2: She was like, but Pauline Kael was, you know, yeah. like she was like the one of the originals, and you know, she uh, again, I'm sure she had, you know, to struggle and fight and
1: claw. To well, it's interesting she was. actually. Like if you look at the history, and I'm totally new to this, okay, so I could be <laughs> screwing up, but the history was actually like in the beginning of journalism, women were not getting you know the good journalism jobs and they thought that like you know go review a film or a a, a little you know art show or whatnot or theater you know cause that that was like the little tiny job they yeah. could give people okay let's let the women go do that but then it became a successful kind of readership and then that's when like the papers started being like oh well we need to have our famous guy reporter do it and women were kind of sl- slowly edged out of that um, and these are uh, Caucasian women. I mean, there was not very many uh, places for uh, diversity when it came to, right. to any journalistic job. And, sure. and luckily, like, we're changing and everything is, is changing. But, like, what you're doing, I think, is really great with LAOFCS, which is you are doing something that Rotten Tomatoes essentially should have done from the beginning, which is, and I know you're not doing, like, a scoring system or anything, but which is make sure that you have the collective voices of every, everything. So luckily there is a platform. For that, you know. Luckily,
2: we live in Los Angeles where there is, you know, more of that. Yeah, so
1: there's that. So there's that, you know. um And there's there's room there for everybody and all of us, you know. Just like you know, um what Carl is doing or Black Tomatoes. I mean, I think that that's you know, I don't consider that racist. I think that's a a very important TV show and element and for a specific you know viewership.
2: Mm Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I, I mean,
0: she asked me to do that, and I was completely honored that she asked me to go on board with her yeah. and do that because uh, I don't. I'm not going to say what I was going to say about that because there was a s- certain thing that a certain element that had to be there in order to get that show made, and I'm just going to leave it at that.
1: Okay, um, <laughs> and rewind. But yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, I,
0: that's the thing what I love about this organization, and and I you know they you know I wanted to do this show and I wanted to host it and and things of that nature is that um, I'm always been someone who is not about being center of attention. I'm, I'm someone who likes to surround themselves with good people, with voices that I believe in, with people who I can view as my friends. And um, this organization for me has opened so many like avenues for me to like, you know, we just did a show with Nestor um, previous today where like I've, Never knew Nestor that well. I saw him at Junkets and I got him in this group and he's become a really good friend. Someone who always gives suggestions. And he's, weird it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got and, a
2: great voice. And yeah. I
0: mean, you know, Stacy, I just brought her on board to We Live Entertainment to be the, the horror gal. Because she loves horror movies and she doesn't have an outlet right now, and I want to expand and have more voices. And this is my first time meeting Morgan, but I'm hoping to meet more. Yes. Kit and I go a long time back. She she and I text long time, a lot. Which is like yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know it does. Like we share it so much. But the the bottom line is is that I never wanted this organization to feel flashy or showy. I just it was just something that I grew up with. Like I I was raised by my mom. I grew up in a mixed race household. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey in a, in a, in a very middle-class area where the, there's kid you know, Indian kids and everything. And I just associated like that. So it's very weird for me to kind of come out here and hear all this talk about like diversity and like female empowerment, because in my eyes, that's what I saw my entire life. But now pulling back the layers and seeing how much of a freaking problem it is, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I did this, but it was like never my intention to do it like as the way that everything's yeah. going now. It was just a natural intention, like, this is the way I wanted it yeah. because this is the way I was brought up.
1: Sure. Yeah. No, I mean I grew look, I grew up in Vale, Colorado and I was one of two girls in my graduating class. Um, and we only had 10 of us at the time. And they, you know, so it's eight boys to two girls. So, like, for me, being in Hollywood and being the only woman in the room was very natural. Right. I didn't have a problem with it because uh, I grew up that way. Right. Um, but, you know, like I think right now and what's going on just in the political landscape and the way that the world is like now much more open with social media and news and everything, you know, we ha- we are able to see things we weren't able to see before. And now we have to choose things intentionally, you know, and. I think we're all on a learning curve of what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. And I think we're all afraid of screwing up and sticking our foot in our mouth. I know I do that on a daily basis. Um, And all, you know, I think all any of us can really do, especially in the jobs that we're doing with creating content um, for films or for, you know, podcasts or whatever, or writing reviews, like all we can all do is just like try and just learn and be aware um, and try and, even if you don't like something, like try and put some sort of positivity out there because there's so much negative energy swirling around and so much divisiveness right now that um, I think it's better to like lift everybody up yeah, if we can. Yeah,
2: And I'm sure you've probably gotten this question before, but, you know, as, as speaking for my daughter who does want to enter into this and, you know, and make a difference. So, I mean, what kind of advice would you give her to to sort of you know make her voice heard or try to 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 do what she wants to do
1: well i mean it's the advice i would give anyone i don't think it's easy i don't think making movies is an easy um an easy job to get into no matter what sex age or color you are it is very very hard you know um i honestly it's perseverance you know, I mean, I just wanted to stick around long enough so that I was still there and they're like, oh yeah, what about that girl? <laughs> you know? Like, right. Cause it's like, if you give up, then you never really know if you could have made it or not. And so like, if I'm like 70 or 80 and I haven't, you know, hit where I wanted to be, then, you know, it didn't happen.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you'll like- never
1: know, you know what I mean? And I think you just have to keep doing stuff as long as it makes you happy. And as long as you understand that there's a lot of hard work right and that there is no such thing as overnight success at all and there is no such thing as being happy all the time and there's no such thing as working with people who are not assholes because you will always have an asshole on every single movie set (laughs) or you might even be the asshole on that movie set and you know it's about kind of you know getting through that yeah but I think grade school kind of prepped us for that. Yeah. So here we are. And,
2: and like I said, the landscape's totally changed because you know, like these sites coming up and us and just just everyone speaking up and, you know, making their voice heard is is positive for, for the younger generations. So.
1: Yeah. I mean either way, you have to be a good storyteller and you have to be yes. talented. Uh and if you are, you you will crop you will up. Rise up.
0: You'll yeah. rise up. Cool. Do you do ladies have anything to add or ask?
4: <laughs> oh gosh. Um, Well, I just kind of to everyone's point here. So I've been writing for eight years. So I was in my mid to like early 20s when I first started. And so many times I would go to press days and press conferences, and I would be mistaken as a publicist, like people would come up to me and say, Oh, excuse me, where's so and so room? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going where you are. (laughs) And I feel like it took so many years to finally be taken seriously as a journalist and a critic. And so seeing sites like yours pop up and just hearing all these stories is really cool. And it's validating that like, okay, I stuck with this cause I knew I wanted to do this. And so far it's turning out great. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: That's almost, that's so many stories. So many, so many female stories. Yeah, yeah.
3: for sure. For yeah. Sure. I started out doing press junkets in the early two thousands, actually, before there were a lot of websites and, I felt more discriminated against being a web journalist than being a female oh, yeah. journalist than anything. Yeah, so it's really turned around now. Um, we had to fight for our TV days, you know, and mm-hmm. it was it was hard, and we'd get put at the very back of the uh, press line on the red carpet. Always. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but I remember I did interview Lake Bell on camera for a movie that she did, uh, it's like a ghost movie, I think, a long time ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, with Jason Biggs, and yeah, she was really terrific to talk yeah, to. She's so fun. yeah, she's the best. Yeah, what was the film that you did with her? It was called I Do Until I Don't. Oh, Okay, I'll be sure and yeah, check that out. She wrote and directed it and stars in it. Super really yeah. Yeah, it's really cute. Yeah, it's on
1: um, it's on you know Netflix now oh, and right. now.
0: We yeah. it's great. I saw that one. It really did go nowhere. It's like they did, like I don't remember like. Did it even get a limited release? They uh, sent no, we me a did. screener. We,
1: it, it, uh, it went out on, um, you know, it had the kind of like roadside release. It wasn't roadside. But, um, you know, it kind of hit like 2000 theaters kind of all, it, all at once. I mean, I think that we knew it wasn't going to be a critical darling or anything, but we knew it was going to kind of hit, you know, a certain, certain place. Yeah. But-
0: was there, had you have any new news about your movie?
1: Yeah, tell us about it. Oh. Yeah, 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 my movie. Yeah, yeah. so i made a movie called You Can Choose Your Family with Jim Gaffigan, who's a blast to work with. I oh, have awesome. Yeah, he's really great. Um, and there's all these wonderful other actors in it Logan Miller and Samantha Mathis, Anna Gunn, Alec Karpovsky. So it was needless to say, we all had a, a, a lot of laughs on set. Um, so it's been pay- playing the festival circuits. It just played LA Film Festival. It premiered at South by Southwest. It's going to Napa and Philly and all these places. And I've been using um, using the festival circuit as kind of like a work workshop, mm. you know, so that I've been able to like listen to the audiences and see, you know, from the reviews what are what's working, what's not working, and then I've actually gone back into the movie. And the movie that will get released in June on Father's Day, it will have a different title, and it will be shorter. (laughs) It will be hopefully shorter. (laughs) Um, um, And uh, you know, just addressing some of the concerns that people had, you know, socially. Like I said, there was a, you know, there's there's a, a, it's about a guy who who whose seventeen year old son finds out he has two families in the nineties, and his son blackmails him, and then kind of becomes his partner in in said. You know infidelities. Um, so he's not. It's a but it's a comedy. So mm-hmm. so he. You know the father is not a likable. You know he is a likable character, but he's right. not doing likable things. And and um, uh, I got my my friend Oren Moverman, who's a really great filmmaker. You know I had him take a look at the movie, and I said, well, what do you think? You know I'm going back in, and this is what the, the Hollywood Reporter says, and this is what we Live Entertainment says, and what you know what do you think? And he's like, you know, Miranda, I really like it. It's really funny. Whatever. He's like, but we're in a place today where people don't want to forgive. And you forgive this guy at the end. And I know that this is about you forgiving your father. <laughs> That's obvious to me. <laughs> but, but, you know, people don't want to want him forgiven so easily. So I think you need to take that into consideration. And so I've changed the ending now. Oh. Uh, not that he's, you know, not still the, the, the center of the movie, um, but it's a little more open-ended in terms of, you know, his right. forgiveness. I'm looking, so. I'm looking forward to it. It's a lot of fun, I have <laughs> to say. It's a it's a fun it's a really fun movie to watch. It's a fun movie. And that's also kind of what, what I wanted. You know, like, I'm not trying to change the world with this movie. Um And, you know, it is a mostly Caucasian movie. I have Michelle Hurd in it, and I have um, another kid in it um, that is African-American. And then there's, like, a gay kind of side story um, that's there. But, like, at the end of the day, I definitely... Wanted to deal with my daddy issues <laughs> and have people laugh. Well, uh, so good. So that's that's that was my intention. So now I
0: have to see it again. <laughs> yeah, not you like can it, not, see like, it again. Not, like, not like there's any I problem with it because I enjoyed <laughs> yeah, it. I was like,
1: no, because I want to keep Ashley's review just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, yes, of course you should see it again. Yeah,
0: sure. You okay, don't know what the title is going to be yet,
1: though. I do. It's called Being Frank. Um. <laughs> double on tone
0: uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, Great. Yeah, I, lo- I, I, I did I, I love that movie I talked to you about it uh, it felt like a good throwback to John John Candy movies where it's very character driven you don't always know what you want to make of the guy um, I don't know how I feel about changing the ending I'll be honest I might be on the the other end of the spectrum but I
1: think you're gonna like it so yeah. it still gives you what you need you know it's still good. it it has the great thing about being able to like workshop this and and uh, really look into all of the different possibilities is that i mean there's scene, there's scenes in the movie that you've never seen okay now um and you know it still has the exact same ending it's just tonally different You know? And there's like a couple scenes in there that weren't there before that just add a little more like, a little more closure with his, what, his, his, uh, one of his, his wives.
2: Cool.
0: Sounds good. Well, Miranda, thank you so much for coming Thank you for having me. I know you have to, uh, run, but thank you so much for being part of this, and thank you for all you do, and we, I know at this table, we will all continue to support you.
1: Thank you. And we sign up for the newsletter uh, that we have, which is uh, at thecherrypicks.com. And uh, and we do a bi weekly, uh, bi monthly newsletter right now. And then once we launch, we will have a weekly newsletter. Yay! So, but thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. <laughs> Take care.
0: Thank you so much. All right. So um, if you would like. <laughs> so we got about 15 minutes left. Oh, okay. So we can. <laughs> We can go run through our <laughs> indie spotlight picks. Uh Morgan. But I wanna just say sure, 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 Star
2: is sure. Born. Did you guys have <laughs> oh, Star Born? <laughs> just quickly because sure. you know, even though we didn't pick it for movie of the week, but um, uh, I I thought it was pretty amazing. I mean, um, i I've, I've been my, my my respect for Lady Gaga keeps growing. I mean she, she you know, I mean I was never a big giant fan of her music when she first started out and she was kind of kooky and whatnot. And, you know, I knew she had a good voice, but when she started doing, you know, changing it up and started, you know, reinventing herself, like doing the duets with Tony Bennett, and then you could you could really hear her voice, mm-hmm. and that kind of, I went, oh, all right, okay, and she's she's quite talented. Then she did American Horror Story Hotel, and I went, and I thought she was fantastic in that, and I go, okay, well, like, you know, I had heard that she wants to be, a, she had studied to be an actress first before the music came on board. So when this was announced, you know, and I know it went through all kinds of different iterations. Oh, yeah. Beyonce was supposed to do it. um, But when it was finally announced that Brad Cooper was doing it, I was like, you know, I was a little apprehensive about it because it's his first feature directing. But I was just blown away by the performances. I mean, the story, of course, is the same. It's not like it's, you know, changing the world with the story. And you know what happens since it's been done so many times. But the two of them are just electrifying together, and you know that's half of the battle right there. Probably more than half the battle. Um, but yeah, I was really, really moved by it. I mean, I didn't sob like people. Sobbing. <laughs> I'm not a big sad song, sad crying person, but I was certainly moved by it. And I just thought, lady, I just thought both of them should, you know, possibly get Oscar nominations from that.
0: So oh,
2: I just say that. Screen.
0: You yeah. guys want to chime in?
3: I didn't see it, but I can talk about the 1976 version. Yes. <laughs> That's a great one too. You didn't, see, you didn't see it? No, I was supposed to see it, but my car broke down on the uh, Yeah, I know. Okay, yes. to you, my car has been no. I
4: loved it. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm a big movie musical fan so, anyway, yes. so yes. I just like, I, I love this not. movie. And seeing her in the earlier scenes too, when yes. she didn't have the makeup and she wasn't dolled up, like I just was blown away that yeah. that was Lady Gaga. Yeah, and, she was yeah, so earthy so and
2: and yeah. The first half of the movie, I think, I liked a little bit better than the second half. That of the movie. seems to be the yeah. general
0: uh, vibe oh, everyone's saying.
2: But just only because you know, like I said, we know kind of know the story and we know how it's going to end up. But but Bradley Cooper was that was where his performance kind of t- you know sort of was heightened as well as when mm-hmm. he was in the down the yeah yeah no, that's really um, him singing right i think so yeah, yeah. i think yeah, I, read yeah. That. I think they sing live yeah too. wow so yeah. i'm i'm predicting right now that that lady Gaga will lady gaga will win an oscar probably for best song yeah oh gosh
0: <laughs> well i feel bad for anyone who is competing with this movie for music this year yeah. like i I know Disney usually has it on lockdown, and, and I know there's a great song in Hate You Give and everything else, but I'm sorry. Like, I think this movie has it on lock.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. Shallow, okay. I sing it in my car. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's, <good. laughs> it's really good. And we won't talk about Venom.
0: <laughs> no, we will not talk about Venom. <laughs>
2: Actually, I might talk about Venom <laughs> in, you my, you in my indie, in my re- retro rewind. I'll talk a little bit about it. Okay.
0: About um, so... We do the Indie Spotlight, which we're going to kind of just... Everyone's just going to share. We usually do a little bit of a round table, but because Miranda was here, we wanted to give her most of this, the screen time this week. Um, what, what is your pick, Morgan? We'll start with you.
4: Yeah, so I picked a documentary that came out last year called Faces Places, and I love this movie. I love Agnes Varda. I think she's the coolest 90-year-old woman ever. And basically, the documentary is... Directed by her and this guy named Jr., who is a French artist who's kind of like a Banksy. He wears sunglasses and a hat, and no one knows his real identity. And basically, the two team up together and just go around the French countryside meeting people, taking their picture, and plastering their picture over abandoned buildings or just different places outside in nature. And the point of the documentary is just to... Prove like oh you can meet people and people are nice and the world is a big place and that's it was a very uplifting movie. Aww. It's available to stream on Netflix and I highly highly recommend it. Oh wow yeah.
0: Stacey,
3: uh, my indie spotlight pick is Suspiria, which uh, is not I don't think it's released yet, but um, it is a remake of the 1977 Dario Argento Jallo film. Um, and it stars, uh, the new one, stars Tilda Swinton in three different roles. <laughs> and, uh, oh, well, yeah, she's oh. good at that kind of She can so, do yeah. that. Yeah, I know. She plays an old man, a witch, and a uh, headmistress at a ballet school. Uh, but the director of the film, I, I know he took a lot of flack for accepting the the job in the first place because the original is so beloved by horror fans um, and it's so incredibly beautiful with its art deco uh, sort of accoutrement, and it's very stylish, a lot of style over substance. Right. So um, the director of the new Suspiria wanted to reinterpret Dario Argento's story as if it was directed by uh, Rainier Werner. Fast Bender, <laughs> And he did accomplish that. I don't know if it's a good thing, but he did accomplish that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of the original. So if they had not called it Suspiria and they just said, it's a companion piece, yeah. I would have liked it a lot better. Also, there was a subplot cobbled into the uh, main story, which I think really took away from the... Uh, horror and suspense uh, of it, but I I did like the film. I'd like to see it again to absorb it. Uh, just now knowing what I can expect because when I went into it, of course, it was um, blind. So right,
0: it's. I want to just point out something real quick about this movie. So I've talked to a lot of people who've seen it. It seems almost polarizing. Uh, kind of going off what Miranda said, of the males who I've talked to who've seen this movie, love it uh eric eisenberg jimmy love it mm-hmm. you're kind of like on the fence about it uh Jana is kind of on the fence about it a few other people i've talked to seem to be on the fence about it as female so it's very weird because this is kind of like the opposite of what she was talking about and i i don't remember the original all that much you know i've probably seen it once a long time oh, ago yeah. um but i heard a lot of things like you were saying where it's just not it this is not the movie that i that i was expecting
3: Mm, also in you know in my review i had said that i think that the the uh, lead uh actress uh dakota johnson she should have been relegated to the second fiddle role and i think mia goth should have been the lead because she's just so much more compelling and just has a better screen presence and more um i would rather follow her so i think that is also sort of a little misfire but you know he did certainly uh the director accomplished
2: what he set out to do yeah. <laughs> so you got to give him kudos for that yeah so mine is the wife which i guess comes out on blu-rays this week or soon or something very like that very soon i mean it... this is
0: going to be a big push for oscar season yeah, i mean going close i'm sure
2: they'll probably re-release it cuz it did, it you know they might do it like did not a, do week, well. a week uh, a week re-release anyway Glenn Close and Jonathan Pryce um, are the stars, and Glenn Close uh, plays a, a woman who's married to a you know famous novelist who is now winning the Nobel Peace Prize for for literature, and you come to find out that she's actually the one who's written all the stories, and he was the face of it. Um, he would come up with the story idea, and she would actually write it. Um, so that fits right into what we're talking about, I think, as far as as far as that kind of. Um, uh, that, you know, that kind of uh, genre or that theme, um, Glenn Close is fairly amazing in it. I mean, it's, it's kind of a slow build, you know, it's a slow burn. It's, there's not a whole lot that goes on. There's definitely, um, you know, some, she does finally sort of, cause at first she's just so demure, demure and she's, you know, very supportive of her husband. And, you know, you see these little glimpses of, of what's happening. You kind of, you go flashback, uh, who's, uh, her daughter's actually playing her in the flashbacks. Um, her her real-life daughter to Glenn Close's real-life daughter and so yeah you you see what what how it how it came about she was in the 1950s she couldn't get you know no one would read her things because she was you know a woman and it was just all of that kind of uh stuff but uh yes Glenn Close she, you know I don't know I, I'm not sure if she'll get an Oscar nomination at this point because there are seems to be a lot of of Uh, contenders coming up you know you know how that works but she definitely this is one of the best things she's done in a long time and jonathan price is also quite good and i've always loved him um but yeah it's it's worth checking out because it's it it does kind of um you know make you a little mad but at the same time it's really a character study between these two people and their marriage and what what they sacrificed and what she sacrificed and that kind of thing so they and they play well really well off each other
3: do you remember if it was a, a female screenwriter or director? Were there any uh, behind the scenes?
2: Um, yeah, it was written by a woman, Jane oh, right. Anderson. Okay. Yeah, Good. I didn't speak and with her. And it's based I on a sp- novel, too. I spoke with the daughter. What's her name now? I can't remember her name. I did actually get a chance to speak with, with her her daughter. It's, uh, it's not on there, is it? No, it's not. Annie Stark. That's it. Annie Stark is her name. Um, who looks just like her mom. <laughs> but yeah, she was just talking about, you know, because she plays this woman in the 50s and just kind of, you know, immersing herself into that sort of world mm-hmm. as a woman. As a, yeah, like the Big Eyes story, right? Yes. With the artist who's. And Colette is to- another movie oh, coming okay. out with uh, Kira Knightley, mm-hmm. kind of, and, but that takes place at the turn of the century, so it's the same, but it's the same oh, thing. Oh, yeah, those stories are yeah. always so interesting when they come to light. Yeah, for sure. This is not based on a true story, but I think Colette is. Mm-hmm. but um, it, Yeah, it is. This, yeah, but still, it's the same kind of idea, you know, being oppressed, but then being (laughs) able to still get it for her. It was, was, she didn't feel like she was because she was still producing this, you know, she was still writing and she was, Mm, you know, being creative, which is what she lived for. Mm -hmm. Um, it was only at the end when all of this acclaim was coming for her husband that it sort of started to bubble up and she got, yeah.
0: Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, my pick real quick. I, this, this was such a great episode. I, I wish we had a little bit more time, but um, we probably won't get to the other two things oh, today. Oh but well. but uh, we'll have you guys back on and we'll do a longer episode next time. Um, I want to just point out real quick. There's a little movie that's out right now. It's from The Orchard. It's called All About Nina. And it is with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is an actress who I have really enjoyed her work since she started out. Um, Anthony, our sound booth guy, remembered, uh, pointed out that she was in Sky High, which I totally forgot she was in that. that's right. That Uh, was kind of fun. Final Destination. um, But her later work, I think, is where she's really started to shine. There's a very underrated movie called Smashed. Uh, where she plays an alcoholic, and I think she's just incredible in this that film. Uh, All about Nina is based on a seemingly true story. They didn't, they don't really say that if it is or not, but it seems very realistic. And she plays a stand-up comedian. And uh it basically shows her struggles as a, a female uh, comedian and how she never take she's never taken seriously because all men want to do is Google her, you know, like goggle all over her and like Google, do, go, 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 Google yeah, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> goggle. Goggle, sorry. Goggle, 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 ogle yeah. all over her. And just, you know, come up after her shows and just say really sexual things to her and um What I was so surprised about this film is how deep and dark it got. Uh, There's a scene near the end of the film during a stand-up routine where she just loses it, and this scene is incredible. If the competition wasn't so fierce already this year, I would say that she would have a uh, shot at being an Academy Award-nominated actress, but I'm just not sure because the studio, it's a smaller studio, there's not enough push for it, but... She could be, uh, and it was an incredible scene. Common's in this movie, probably the weakest link of the film for me. Um, I, I do like Common, but I feel Common plays Common in, in a lot of movies, and uh, he's, he's not very good at becoming characters. It just kind of seems like himself. But if you're going to see this movie, it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead all the way. So uh we have to wrap it up for this episode. Uh just wanna go around the table once again. We'll start over at Stacy. Just um name where they can find you and all that good stuff.
3: All right. Uh Stacy Lane Wilson at home in Hollywood, and now we live entertainment as the horror guru <laughs> <laughs> And uh on Twitter at Stacy
4: Wilson. Okay, hey, Morgan Rojas with Cinemacy, and you can find Cinemacy at Cinemacy on Instagram and I believe it's at cinemacy speaks on
2: twitter and if you want to look me up for my personal instagram it's at morgan rojas <laughs> and uh, i'm kit bowen i'm uh, also uh with screen pics and my twitter's at the movie kit and on instagram i'm kichona
0: <laughs> there's a change to the movie movie <laughs>
2: there, there's a there's a long story oh, behind okay. that so uh, it's and a I, funny story, though. So I'll tell you
0: sometime. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dedicate a part of the episode yeah. next kind of time. Why,
2: why am I called Kachona? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Scott Menzel, We Live Entertainment, and uh, I do Black Tomatoes on Black Hollywood Live, 5 p.m. I do this show, and then I do Meet the Movie Press Fridays at 9 a.m. on Popcorn Talk Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week, same time, and keep watching movies and keep loving one another. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.